right? Okay, I got cool. a new pair of jeans, and I go to school, and I'm so proud because these jeans were like $50. And I'll never forget uh, this one kid. Uh, he was heckling with the other jocks, and I heard him hawk a loogie. Oh, God. Like, and I was like, oh, he better not fuck. he's not going to do what I think he's going to do. And sure enough, he spit. On the new jeans. On the new jeans. Oh, so I did what any kid would do at that point. I waited. <laughs> I, knew, I knew we had to go back to the locker room. I hocked a loogie in my mouth, and I sat there for 30 minutes. <laughs> I was hiding behind the locker. And sure enough, I saw the silhouette of his face come by, and I spit. And in slow motion, it was like, <laughs> it was not like the same little thing on my leg. It was, yeah. it, it was a shotgun blast. It, oh, yeah. Like on the nose, you could see it like this going for. A, oh, my God. And he got so mad <laughs> and he went to punch and he went like this and I grabbed it. Yes. And I punched him right in the face. And then the jock saw what was going on. Like, and he's like, oh, man, this guy's getting beat up. But he looked like he was attacking me and he just got smacked. Nice. So he wanted to break it up. So they grabbed him, they threw him up against the wall, and his head hit this uh, coat hanger. Oof. So he got a concussion, he had spit on his face, and he got knocked the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Life Story Podcast. My name is Noel Chrysler. Each week, I talk to a different person about their own personal journey through life, from their earliest memories to where they're currently at today. We hear about the highs. I used to make like chocolate milk come out of my nose at lunch (laughs) because that was the only way I thought I could get people to sit with me. (laughs) The lows. And as we went back to go in, the doors were locked. (laughs) So I had just broken (laughs) up with him and we're standing at the doors. And everything else in between. I biked five miles (laughs) to get laid. Oh, in the rain too. It was raining. I forgot about that. The goal is to capture people's stories so we can understand their perspectives, learn from their decisions, and discover what it means to live a truly great life. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Life Story with Noah Chrysler. That's me. Today I'm sitting down with Andrew. Andy hey Sahara. guys, how you doing? Nice to meet you. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I met Andy when I moved to Atlanta um, about almost two years ago now, mm-hmm. which is weird to think about. I feel like I still like just got here. Grown so much. Exactly, yeah. So many things have changed. Right? <laughs> That's good. True. Um, but I met Andy when I was working uh, at my first job um, at Fault. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I... I don't know. Andy, you are the reason why I feel like I kept my sanity. Like, <laughs> we had a lot of conversations. A yes, lot we of, did. Like, hey, Noah, this is, I know you got a lot of ambition, but this is how life is. <laughs> <laughs> Those types of talks, right? Exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, I feel like you were, I don't, okay, don't take this the wrong way. I, oh. <laughs> I feel like you up. are, you are, I don't have very many people who I feel like are like f- close friends who okay. are like older than me. Like, you older know, is the key word there. Yeah. Exactly. But I, th- that I see almost as peers, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, so I don't know. Do you feel the same way? Yeah. Or? I mean, I'm slightly challenged and so forth. So it kind of slowed me down a little bit. So that's why I can appeal to a wider audience. I guess that's, that's where it goes with that. Yeah. I and mean, I can appeal to the older crowd as well as the younger because they're just cause confused as I. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like, what's going on? I have no idea. No, but I, I mean, like, um, I feel like when you just graduate, when you're fresh out of school, mm-hmm. right? Like, 
I don't know. I I didn't. Everyone I knew three years ago was twenty four years right. old and younger, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, you know it it was cool. You'd kind of been at the company for a couple of years. You knew the ropes, and you kind of helped me think about some things. And yeah. and yeah, so I really appreciated that. Anyway, um, yeah, cool. Explain what you do, uh, who you are, and uh, yeah. So I guess I'm a multifaceted individual, as you put it, older guy. <laughs> no, but uh, I pretty much I'm a YouTube uh, vlogger. I pretty much do that predominantly. I am obviously a national director of sales, working for a technology company. But what I pride myself on the most is uh, YouTube. Uh, that was something we both shared. Uh, you had a lot of tips for me. I'm sure we'll get into that later. But yeah, my, my YouTube channel is solely around uh, weekend warrior aspect, helping people that are trying to get out there, be more fit, find places to go, hiking and so forth. You just recently went to one of the places I recommended, Yona Mountain. Oh my God, yeah. that was beautiful. That was the, I, yeah, so I, I asked you for a hiking recommendation yeah. and you told me, hey, go hit up Yona Mountain one of the coolest places I've ever seen. That was beautiful. That was so awesome. yeah, so that, so there's a resource of videos on my channel. It's youtube.com, Metro on the Move. So if anybody wants to, I'm sure we'll put a, yeah. is there a link In the here, description, yeah, here, somewhere, somewhere. Down, yeah, somewhere, right? We're not fancy with annotations and stuff. Yeah. I'm still getting used to this talking to the mic like this. I know, it's weird, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm supposed to look around or anything like that. But no. yeah, no, uh, so like Metro on the Move, you make lots of hiking videos and yeah. stuff and like gear reviews and yeah. I don't know. I've loved watching your progression from like I don't know I feel like it's it's gotten a lot really cool and and there's now like super great montages and stuff and there's great shots and I I really like your videos well thanks to you again you walking in I'm a YouTube star I was like so am I I don't and then know you had that. like a page and a half worth of notes for me. Like you need to do all these things. I was like, this guy is out of control. <laughs> but they work. They were things that I hadn't thought about. And so it's progression, you know, getting familiar with it, but listening to professionals like yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, yeah. Andy. I've been, I've been a fan for a while. I subscribed. I appreciate it. I liked that. it, too. <laughs> Fantastic. We'll talk about that in a bit. Cool. Um, guys, the way the show works, I ask each guest to divide their life into five parts. I'm also kind of tweaking how the show works, so it might change going forward. But um, I ask each guest to divide their life into five parts so that I can get a better understanding of who they are at each different part. They then fill that part with experiences and stuff. Um, and so uh, we will reference that list of experiences as we kind of go here. Um, but... Andy mentioned that, you know, he wants this to be more of a free-flowing conversation yeah, instead of a laundry list. And I think that that's great. So, <laughs> well, I'd like to think I'm, I'm somewhat interesting, but I think, I think this conversation will be a little bit more interesting if it's a little more open dialogue. You know? yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, sweet. So let me, yeah, let's, without further ado, let's start. Do you say that a lot? Uh, I kind of say it at the start of every episode, I say feel like. Then. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and start with part one of your life. Um, which is entitled, uh, does, does it have a title? It's just earliest memories. Earliest <laughs> memories. I Perfect. think this is the format we were supposed to go with. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, so tell me about your early life. Where were uh, you born? How was it? <laughs> I, well, that's actually an interesting question. Uh, I was a month overdue. Uh, so I was supposed to be born in uh, December, and I actually was born in January. I was 10 and 3 quarters pound. I was born in Newport Beach, uh, Orange County, California, at Hogue Hospital. Uh, I still hold the record, I think, as one of the biggest babies ever born because, uh, you know, most of the times California skinny, you know, goes with the, the model and so forth. Yeah. It came out with a full head of hair smoking a cigarette <laughs> one month later. Uh, beautiful Orange County. Um, cool. What were your fun. parents like? Uh, so my parents were devout Christians. Uh, so they were 
It was the late 70s. I hate to tell my age, I guess, but I, I just did that. And I yeah. was born in the 1900s. My parents <laughs> were missionaries. Uh, so, yeah, they were active in the church. Uh, in fact, uh, we were in California for a number of years uh, prior to moving to Stone Mountain, but the plan was is that my dad worked for an organization called Open Doors. Uh, he was bro- Open Doors with Brother Andrew, and, and Brother Andrew was actually known as God's Smuggler, uh, and he was known for smuggling Bibles into what was then called the USSR, right? So my dad was part of this organization, and he actually was in a, in a, a project called Project Pearl, and he actually helped smuggle a million Bibles into China. So with that being said, Hong Kong uh, was where he was going to be stationed. So we moved from California to Stone Mountain and then from Stone Mountain to Hong Kong. And that's really where some of my earliest memories really started kicking. I was like, yeah. oh, I was born in California. I was surfing at like two and stuff. It was so <laughs> rad. No. So hold on. So, so your dad worked for a religious organization yeah. called, mm-hmm. what was it called again? Uh, Open Doors with Brother Andrew. Yeah. Open Doors with Brother Andrew. He smuggled Bibles into China. Yep. Because they were communists at the time, like they anti-religion. Still are, still are still communists. communists. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm American. Americans are like, America, that's yeah. it. No, I don't Um Okay, so so he smuggled Bibles into China. Who would, I mean, how how do you smuggle a Bible into China? That All right, so really that's cool. a good question. Yeah. yeah. You put it underneath your, no, <laughs> you tape them up and hopefully you got enough in the, on you. No, yeah. M- multiple trips. Uh, so uh, Project Pearl, there's actually a book called Night of a Million Miracles. It's on Amazon. I'm sure we can put a link, link in down there. People <laughs> want to actually read the book, but. Uh, in short, they had uh, rented a barge, and there was a team of people that was responsible for, one, loading the barge up, but then taking the boat off to the outskirts of China. And then the boat actually sunk down a little bit, and it had all of these little uh, packages that were taken out by little boats to the beaches. And then wow. the Chinese uh, people came out and grabbed the various different packages and then brought them into the, the, the country. So cool. it was a variety of different Bibles, anything from like Braille for the blind and as well as Mandarin, Cantonese, because there's obviously different languages and so forth. So Bibles were circulated into China and one million. And I'm sure if this is being seen by people in China, this might be bad for me if I ever go back there. But, you know, that was a long time ago. Statue of Limitations. It wasn't me. It was my dad. <laughs> right? Fantastic. Just, just, just disclaimer, disclaimer. Right? If you get arrested because of this show in some Chinese jail, like, yeah, I, then, yeah. I will feel a little bit cool because it's like, yeah, I'm having an impact, but it's not the right impact. No, but. that would be bad impact. <laughs> so, yeah, we moved to Hong Kong, uh, and those are some of my earliest memories. I'm sure we'll probably dive into yeah. a couple questions. How, how old were you when you moved? to Hong Kong? I was three, three and a wow. half. Yeah, three years old. It's cool. What do you remember from moving to Hong Kong at three? So the earliest memory I have was actually just coming into the country, right? And, you know, America is very diverse, right? You've got all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine early 80s going to Hong Kong, which was an international city, you know, it had some diversity there. I was an extreme minority. That was one of the first things I realized. I was like, wow. I look completely different than everybody around me. And I was just kind of like, well, this is a little overwhelming. But some of my earliest memories, I remember going to uh, the markets. And if you've ever been to Hong Kong, the markets is where everybody goes to get their stuff, whether from food or miscellaneous goods and so forth. But uh, it wasn't like going to the regular supermarket. They had a regular supermarket. I think it was called Welcome, if I can remember correctly, was the name of the supermarket. Not not Kroger or (laughs) Winn-Dixie or anything. It was Welcome. So either... Come get your stuff or not. Uh, anyway, uh, so the m- night markets are in the markets where we'd go get our food. One of the, the, the vast differences between going to, say, Kroger and, say, going to the night markets is that 
you'd see all kinds of animals on the streets. Really? You know, like snakes and dogs and, you know, and then you see, like, cows' heads completely stripped and things like that. Like nature. ducks. I always imagine, ducks, like, ducks yeah. hanging from the yeah. line. Yeah. And you're it's like, all, I want that duck. And it's like, I don't, I don't even want to order a duck like that. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> rip it on down. You know, I'm like, how long has this been sitting out for? You know, that's the American in us, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. But blood's coming into the streets, and then you really? see dogs in, in cages, and if you've said, oh, I want that dog, you know, like, to play with, yeah, well, they take not... the Fido was not going to be playing after they got a hold of it. Yeah, wow. Like, killing dogs, killing snakes. All kinds of stuff. So it was really that eye-opening experience. But I was really uh, curious to explore and wonder. So your mind kind of brings this all in, and then you start looking at your surroundings and really starting to say, okay, I'm in a different country. I'm all by myself, or not all by myself. I'm just a, you know, a very unique little child. Mm-hmm. Not, and uh, you know, going out and exploring in the streets is what I remember. That's pretty much one of my earliest memories of Hong cool. Kong. But it's very awesome because like uh, the food is really great and stuff of that nature. But it was just a unique experience. Cool. Well, do you? I mean, how old were you when you were exploring? That sounds awesome. Were you with your parents or just kind of like by yourself in China? Like, yes. and do you speak? The language? Uh, well, it's Cantonese and Mandarin. Yeah. And uh, I didn't speak the language, but having uh, influence from people in the streets, you know, body language and so forth, you can right. kind of pick up what people were telling you. So uh, I was by myself uh, in this world in terms of single child until about four and a half. And then my brother was made in Hong Kong, actually. <laughs> Uh, we got him a little shirt and everything. Said so really? Hong Kong. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Does he have the tattoo? Some people get the tattoo on their foot. Or no, he didn't get the tattoo. <laughs> I think he had, like, the, he had a red sweater. It said "Made in Hong Kong." Nice. And we kept it for years, but he didn't have to do the tattoo thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when he came into this world, my mom was like, you know, obviously very attentive to him because he's a baby, mm-hmm. and I'm four or five years old now, and I'm going to be exploring. So I would commonly go down to the streets by myself. And kind of go around exploring, looking at the parks and so forth. And, you know, I had some supervision. Uh, we had That's maids. Badass. Yeah, we had That's maids. That's so cool. We okay, had, you ma- had maids. We gotcha. had maids. Uh, so with the organization, Open Doors, they had little tiny apartments that we lived in. I mean, they were, I think it was 500, maybe 600 square feet. Very small apartment for a uh, family of four. Mm-hmm. But we had maids that lived down the street that would help uh, take us out and, you know, obviously keep us, uh, you know, active and so forth. And they, I, part of that is how I got to know more about the markets. In fact, some of our maids uh, were Filipino, and on Sundays was the big hurrah. Like, all of the maids in the country would get together in the streets, and they'd go out there and cook, and they have all their friends, and you're just going all over the place. But the cool part was maids also have other friends or have gotcha. kids that they look after. So you start oh, meeting so you know, other. You get everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So cool. you start, start, start meeting other kids. And that kind of like when it was time to start going to school, it's like, well, you're going to put them in the public school system? Yeah, that was my next question is, yeah, like what, <laughs> so what school did you end up going to? And was it in English or was it in? Uh, yeah, so I went to an international school. So it, the international school, uh, it had a blend of students from all over the world. So it was probably the best experience you could imagine as a child, right? You're you're learning, you're exploring, you're, you're now you're going to school and you're, your schoolmates are from all over the world, right? So mm-hmm. it was the best uh, exposure to diversity, true diversity, because uh, yeah. you had so many cultures. And, you know, at that point, you're so young and you're just happy to be playing with your friends. And you just uh, you adopt so many different uh, lifestyles and so many different cultures into your everyday. So going to your friends' houses was a lot more fun, especially, I say, international school was very expensive. So they were 
somewhat well off most of these kids that were going to that school Mm -hmm. i'm the missionary kid so i'm not doing so well they kind of had a special program for me but got to meet the cool kids you know and going to their house was you know it was nice super nice nobody went to my house because it was so small also like the the buying power in in china is probably crazy with with like an american dollar well you would think that uh it's well so Hong Kong is actually very expensive. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you would think, I'm, and I'm it's also an ignorant a, American. I don't know things. I'm sorry. <laughs> Disclaimer: Not all Americans are ignorant. <laughs> Just this one. <laughs> I'm an American too, and I don't appreciate that. Sorry. Here's my radio voice. Uh, no. Um, no. So uh, what I meant by that is that most of the kids, their parents had very nice places to go visit, like their own pools and stuff, and they would have, you know, a lot more than say our 600 square foot apartment on the 23rd floor, you know, mm-hmm. looking out with bars and stuff of that nature. It's kind of scary. Yeah. No, so it was a good experience. And obviously they would have really cool birthday parties, you know, you know, to the nines. There you, know? you go. And it's an international city. So it's business. Very, so a lot of very successful people live in that country as well. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Let's dive back into, uh, your list of experiences here. <laughs> okay. So, um, you... So we're talking about the maids, right? Yeah. Uh, so they were Filipino. So we also had another, um, I, got, I don't want to call it a compound, right? But uh, we had a compound in the Philippines, right? And when I say compound, if you've ever been in the Philippines, uh, especially in the 80s, it was a very, it still is kind of dangerous place. And so when I say compound, we had very high walls. There was jagged glass at the top. You had wow. guards on every corner because people got robbed you know we yeah. were always told once we get to the philippines hey it's nice out here but just stay in in the yeah, compound. be safe yeah, yeah. Had be smart pool, so we were happy you know so cool hanging out and so forth but um one of my memories from that uh the philippines specifically was at any given point during the day you would hear someone outside going balut balut and you're like what is this you know you think it's the ice cream guy right okay yeah it doesn't sound like the ice cream guy but our maids they loved it when the balut guy came around okay and i was like what is this balut i gotta get some balut (laughs) so when when i heard the balut going on the maid wanted to go out i remember following her and i was like give me one give me one too yeah and she puts this egg in my hand. Oh boy. Uh oh. Weird eggs. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, weird eggs. Like, what's, what's in the egg, right? <laughs> yeah. What's in the egg? And so you used to, oh, it's probably a hard boiled, right? Yeah. Maybe it's been uh, t- treated with something. Maybe it's got a certain flavor to it. Yeah. Oh, it's got candy. A flavor. Candy egg. Yeah. Candy egg. Yeah. It'd be perfect. No, there's yeah. no candy. Balut. <laughs> Balut is a fertilized yeah. egg. So it's there's like black a, inside, right? There's like, a bird yeah. inside of it, like yeah. not fully developed. Yeah. And I see her going to town just eating it. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> You know, you know, it made it made it look like it tasted so good. And I'm all like, yeah. I don't think so. Not and you, you didn't dive in. You oh, didn't. I did. You did. What did you think? It, it dove out too. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. I have, I have a. Uh, I'm very sensitive to foods. You know, I'm exploratory on the front. Yeah. But ever since then, like, we meet any Filipinos. That's the first question that comes out of my mind. It's like, do you like balut? And hands down, almost everyone was like, oh, that's the best. Oh my god. Little little nuggets of. Bird. bird yeah not like you don't like chicken just like it has still sort of feathers like bones on oh, yeah. yeah and there's going to town on it oh my god so uh, another memory i remember was when we did go out of the compound like during the day you know if we went to go to see a movie or something of that nature um the transportation was called a jeepney right and the jeepney you couldn't wear any jewelry it was very particular because people if they saw you wearing a gold ring they might cut your finger off to take your ring. Really? So, so we're really scared. You know, nothing ever happened on wow. the jeepney, but we were always told, be careful. 
it's things can the happen. Jeepney is a vehicle. Yeah. So gotcha. if you can imagine a, uh, it's almost like a an open Jeep, extended Jeep, like a safari Jeep type of a deal with multiple seats. Okay. Cool. So it's like a the Jeep front kind of, mm-hmm. and then inside it's kind of it's like a mini open bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen those around LA. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do Look the guided up. tours. Put yeah. a jeepney in the description. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, go ahead and buy a buy a jeepney in the description down below. Use yeah, my I, Amazon I have, referral code. Affiliate link. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I got one of those too. Uh, no, so um, that we didn't go very far, but this one time we went to this place called Punta Bella Borte, I think is what it was, and we actually had a taxi driver take us out to this lovely place and he let the conversation obviously went very well because almost to our destination he decided it was time to take a break right and he pulls over and we're like well can we just go ahead and get to the place it's like not yet i have to tell you this Uh-oh. is a stick up yeah <laughs> whoa yeah so we All got right. robbed by the taxi driver so wow yeah so the funny part is again remember being a missionary not having a lot of money he didn't believe us when we said we didn't have any money. <laughs> oh my god! So we had to empty out our pockets. You know, we had thirty-seven fifty-eight or something like that. You yeah, know, I had to throw in a couple of my allowance and change and so forth. We made it even forty, I think, is where we were at. And uh, <laughs> he felt he was. it was good enough and uh, took us to our destination and didn't see him again. But yeah, I've been robbed by a taxi driver and uh, you know, wow, eat some balut and. The Philippines, yeah. That's crazy. How often would you move as a kid from place to place? Uh, so we were there for. Four years, four maybe four and a half. I know it's four years, <clears throat> and um, from there we moved back to the states. Gotcha. So uh, it was China. You moved to China when you were three. Then how long did you stay in China? Four years. Four years. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. So this happened in China. What you're telling me? I'm sorry. The compound because you yeah, said the compound was in the Philippines. Let's say gotcha. we would go on trips. Gotcha. You go on trips there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. That's kind of like our family vacation. Yeah. What do you, I mean, that sounds really cool. I grew up in the United States and I went to a school where everybody pretty much looked like me. And it mm-hmm. was, so what do you think, like the different, how were you different as a child, do you think, versus me who, you know, lived in the States, probably more open to other people, other cultures? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I mean, just again, you know, I had a lot of uh, diverse friends, but at the same time, uh, as a child outside of school, I spent a lot of time by myself. So it was, yeah. just, it was more or less that exploring self-reliance, self-reliance, yeah. you know, entertaining yourself, you know, figuring out places to go, just cool. You know, very curious kid and a, an adventurer from the beginning. Yeah. That's cool. So we moved back to the States, uh, when I was like seven or so, like, I think I was just turning seven, uh, had a stint Small stint in uh, Hawaii and then jumped into California. I was there for a little bit. In fact, that was when I went to Disneyland for the first time. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, everyone talks about Disney World when they're on the East Coast, but I went to the original Disneyland. I thought, yeah, oh, well, there you go, in yeah, California. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. And they had Knott's Berry Farm. You ever heard of that before? I've never. That's like Snoopy version. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, the I peanuts. remember. Yeah, peanuts. Gotcha. Anyway, so we moved back to the States, and my first experience was Hawaii and then California. And I'm seven. I'm like, oh, this is excellent. You know, the United I, States is the best. This is great. You know, <laughs> I'm just seeing skateboarders and cool. bicycles. Because it was all like, you know, this is going on. It's big time. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, I've got to get to this. So I got myself a nice vision skateboard, got myself a BMX bike. Cool. And we moved back to Stone Mountain. Yeah. Now, now. Georgia. Yeah. So, not not, not the California Hawaii no, vibe. Not at all. So, Remember that, that first experience of going to Hong Kong being the only, uh, you know, not say only, but very, very much a minority. Well, Stone right. Mountain was the same thing. But remember, I wanted to make friends with everybody. I didn't, I didn't know anybody, know anything different. Donovan and Antoine were some of my two 
friends that I met moving into the the neighborhood, and uh, you know they were cool. You know we we hung out, played Nintendo. That was new. That was coming out. Yeah, Mario Brothers. Cool. Not, you good at Mario Brothers? Kind of. <laughs> In fact, I think I was actually better at Mario and uh, Duck Hunt more than any other video game. You know why? Why? Because that was the one that came with the system. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I was friends with Antoine and Donovan because they had every Nintendo game. They gotcha. never wanted to trade games with me because it was always like, which one do you want? Uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers or, or Duck Hunt? But they're on the same cartridges. That one, yeah. you could choose either one. And I'd go over there and, you know, I was awesome because I couldn't get any more games, but they always let me borrow whatever they had. They were done playing. So, Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty much my earliest memories was coming back to Stone Mountain and meeting Donovan Antoine and realizing I was extreme minority in that neighborhood. So that was pretty much it. Yeah. Did you feel, I mean, did they, did you feel different since you, I mean, you'd basically grown up in China, right? I yeah. Mean, d- yeah. How did they react to that? Well, at first they were really skeptical of me and I didn't understand why, you mm-hmm. know, and obviously I didn't understand I was a white kid. I didn't understand what white kid meant back then. It was just like, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? What does white kid mean? Uh, that's exactly, exactly right. my, my whole point. I was like, why, why are they treating me different? And I yeah. was like, you know, shit, I'm, I'm the only white kid in the neighborhood. Yeah, damn right. I am the only white kid in the neighborhood. Yeah. But same, I, same old same old for me. I was the only white kid in China too. Yeah, yeah. so no big deal, right? right? So what's your problem? So I, I will tell you this. I had one memory. Uh, I remember going over to my friend's house and uh, first of all, his parents didn't like me at all. They're like, why are you hanging out with this kid? And I was like, what's wrong with me? I was like, I thought we were getting along pretty well. Yeah. And uh, we were playing Nintendo. We were playing That's Nintendo. Good. And he was like, yeah, you guys just stay in here. So the kids, so the parents went off into the living room and they were in there for like 30, 45 minutes. And then they came back in and said, "You guys done playing video games? All right, you need to you need to get to you need to go. You need to get out." Wow. And I was like, "Oh wow, what's going on?" Well, it turns out they only wanted me to come over to play video games with their kid because they were getting married in the living room. Oh my God, they got married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, your parents just got married. So like, oh, that's not my real dad. I was like, oh, that's cool. You have another dad? I had no idea about all these things. Like, you yeah, know, you're getting married in the living. People do that. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that uh, is wild. Yeah, yeah. Organizing a play date so we can go get married in the living yeah, room. Yeah, play with your white kid friend, and then that was it. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, so you're back in the United States. You are how old at this point? I'm seven. You're seven years old yeah. in the United States. Cool. Um, sweet. That's awesome. Okay, so you're making friends, but you're still kind of the uh, outcast kid because at this point you're the only white kid and you grew up in China. And, and it was tough because my parents were very strict. Remember, missionaries had a lot of rules, right? In fact, mm-hmm. we had no cable. We mm-hmm. had one TV that we were playing the Nintendo on. It was one of those tiny little TVs like this big. Yeah. Had two little dials on it. Good chunk yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> to make it even worse, my dad would not let me play longer than 30 minutes without doing some chores. Really? Yeah. That's the worst. Right. And if I got in trouble, I'd have to run around the house like 50 to 100 times, do push-ups, things of that nature. That's what I'm like. Are you serious? Yeah. And on top of which, no rock music, no Motley Crue, no Guns N' Roses, none of that stuff was allowed in the house. So very strict, a lot of rules, limited TV, no cable, very disconnected. So it it was a... Pretty intense, and again, the neighborhood was pretty bad. And this is another childhood memory. Uh, in fact, uh, we always knew something was going on in my next door neighbor's house. We couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then one day, he was shot dead in his neighbor in, in his car, right wow. in, in the driveway. And uh, the cops show up and they pull the body out. And, you know, my brother and I are looking out the window. What's going on over there? What's going on? Turns out he was a drug dealer, and he had 13 kilos of cocaine that he had stashed in the pool behind oh an above-ground pool, but it had been, like, glossed over with moss and so forth. 
And at that point, it was time to move on. So those are some of my earliest memories. I know yeah. we probably just needed to be moving on. No, you're fine. How old were you when you found when you discovered that situation? Uh, that was right That's around all. 11. So it, we've wow. been there for about four years. Neighborhood started going downhill. And obviously, you know, we had things happening right next to us that might have been supplying what was going on in our neighborhood. So it was time to uh, move on and get out of Stone Mountain. So, yeah, that was some of my earliest memories. Wow. Wow. Um, cool. I can only imagine what that's like to s- discover. Could you imagine the extreme, like going from you know the missionary side, you know, yeah. all about the church and so forth, and then coming to the states and then having stuff like that happens? Just uh, yeah, yeah, seeing your neighbor get yeah. capped at eleven years old yeah. and like that's crazy. Guys, this episode of the Life Story Podcast is sponsored by Modern Estate Planning. Guys, here's a hard truth. Every one of you will die someday. When that happens, sometimes people leave behind a ton of problems for their friends and family to solve. After funeral costs, some people die poorer than the day they were born. And worse yet, if you don't have a will or you have a bad will, your family members can end up battling in court over the things you leave behind. They'll have to pay a ton of lawyer fees, and usually when the process is all over, they'll all end up hating each other and never speaking to each other ever again. Why make your family members go through that when instead you you can take steps right now to plan the legacy that you leave behind. If you're in the Atlanta area, the best option you have is modern estate planning. Modern estate planning offers professional modern estate plans for the modern family. We've helped hundreds of families in Atlanta in the Atlanta area protect their legacies and avoid court. If you live in the Atlanta area and you don't have an estate plan or you have estate planning questions, give us a call at 404-620-3793. That's 404-620-3793. You know, I wouldn't say hood clothes, but I had a starter jacket, white, and I was acting, you know, a little street, right? Yeah. Because I was hanging with the kids in the neighborhood, you know, that's that was the, the, the way we all looked, right? Right. Well, that's not how people dress in, in North, North Georgia. Georgia. In fact, we're in Woodstock right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This is where Yeehaw! we moved. This is where we moved. <laughs> <Kind of>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And at the time, in the 90s, there was nothing out here. And in fact, um, my school that I remember uh, was... Uh, it, surrounded by cow pastures so you know depending you know the humidity in the south going to school high school stunk man i'm telling you (laughs) old man joke there i know but um there was a lot of pushback so you went from being you know the outcast in in stone mountain to now who is this kid coming to this redneck school in the middle of the country and i'm wearing all this you know street gear so the kids were like oh i'm just gonna pick on this guy yeah well that's where it gets interesting (laughs) Right. All right. So the jocks. Uh, that's. I think that's super interesting, though. You know, I mean, you talk about like being the new kid in China, then you were the new kid in the United States, and then you were the new kid in you know, or you know, new kid in the hood, and then now you're the hood kid in in, in the country. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. So you know, the, the jocks had you know doing pretty good. They had the nice sneakers, and they you know had the little clicks and so forth. But I'm the new hood kid. Yeah. You know. They called me a herb or, or, or a wigger, you know. I was like, "Whoa, yikes!" Yeah, okay. Do they even use that word anymore? I've never heard that. That's oh. that sounds yeah, yeah. horrible, <laughs> yeah. right? But so that that spread pretty quickly, right? Okay. So now the jocks are like, well, "Let's go pick on this kid." Now, one thing that's great about being bullied, right? Some people can't handle it, and I understand. But if you get bullied and you run with the punches, yeah, you learn how to throw some punches. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna win them all. <laughs> But you're going to win a few. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. So I remember of all places, of all places, right, I'm sitting in art class, right? Oh, God. Um, you're painting a picture. I'm, well, I was painting a picture. There actually. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, your watercolors. Right. And, of course, I was proud of my jacket. Didn't want to take it off. So I'm wearing my jacket in class, painting my watercolors. Maybe it was acrylic. I don't know. Maybe, Sweet. Maybe it was mixed media. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> 
So uh, this guy comes up behind me and he takes the hood, because yeah. there's a hooded jacket, and pulls it over. Yeah. Oof. Oof. I got pissed. Yeah. So I stood up immediately. He's like, what are you going to do about it? And without hesitation. Yes. I just hit him straight in the face, hard as I could. And because he was standing in front of the table, he flipped over it. So it looked even more dramatic. There you go. Yeah, big noise. The yeah, table comes crashing down. He falls and hits the ground. He's like, what is going on? What's going on? It's like, you just got hit in the face, fool. <laughs> and of course, the teacher's there. Immediately gets broken up. So it wasn't a huge fight, right? Yeah. But we get walked down to the principal's office and he, like this, because they still would take kids down like this in the day, right? Get to the principal's office. He's like, what's going on? It's like, this guy's picking on me, man. He's like, what happened? He's like, pulled the jacket over my head. Well, you're a representation of the, the school because you're on the basketball team, so you're going to get one day of ISS for me. Nice. And he got three days of ISS. Nice. So I was like, yes. <laughs> I win. Best day ever. <laughs> so, so you were on the basketball team too? Uh, no, they didn't let me play. Why not? Uh, Getting in fights? Uh, no. Oh. I just... I wasn't exactly a team player at that time. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, it's like, I'll do my own thing. You know, gotcha. I didn't trust that one kid. I socked him in the face. And I was like, I'm not going to be on his team. Gotcha. You were shooting threes by yourself, kind of like, yeah, or, yeah. you know, half court shots yeah. all the time. I'm not passing to you. <laughs> like, I'm going to hang out. <laughs> so, what I did is, um, let's see, like, high school was more like, I looked at it from a different angle. Like, I looked at it as a way to become an entrepreneur. When I was a kid living in the Stone Mountain, kind yeah. of refer, uh, one of the things I used to do is I would go up to the basketball courts. And I would sell candy and little drinks and such, and like a little concession stand, right? Sick. Yeah, making. I love that. So I took that same philosophy to the country. So yeah. I learned uh, like tearjerkers and uh, you know uh, was pixie sticks and moved on from candy, cigarettes to beer, <laughs> and I was distributing the you know giving out the good stuff to yeah. all the kids, and I was known for that. So that was, yes. I was Andy the Candy Man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> making money and of course that was frowned upon and the jocks didn't like me and all but on the come up you know started getting some nicer clothes yeah. you know, and got a new pair of jeans Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're not gonna talk about fights too much but okay. there was a lot of fighting in high school it was not good but, yeah. um, you got a new pair of jeans new pair of jeans Did, you what, year is this? what year is this is this in the 80s uh, the 90s? No, it's 90s. 90s, okay. So but, um, they got like bedazzled jeans? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, this is like store. Levi's. Gotcha, know? okay. I remember, okay. I didn't have a lot of money, so okay. new jean day was a big day. Gotcha. Do you remember when you got new jeans going to school? That feeling or new shoe day? Sometimes. I don't know. I'm not a big clothes guy. I don't know. I kind of okay. just wear whatever, which is really bad. For me, right? okay, I got cool. a new pair of jeans, and I go to school, and I'm so proud because these jeans were like $50. I was like, man, these are expensive jeans. Yeah. So I'm all happy. I've got these jeans. And we go to PE, and um, it was health day, so we had to watch videos. So we, instead of going to the gym or going whatever, we had to go sit down in this theater. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget uh, this one kid. Uh, he was heckling with the other jocks. He's all like, fuck that. Oh, I can't say that. No, you can. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, screw that kid. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, we don't like him. I'm like, well, whatever, guys, whatever. And I heard him hawk a loogie. Oh, God. Like, <laughs> And I was like, I ain't better not fun. He's not going to do what I think he's going to do. And sure enough, he spit. On the new jeans. On the new jeans. Oh, and yeah. at first, I didn't know where it went because I, I was like, where did it land? Where did it land? And I looked down on my leg. Oh, no. So I did what any kid would do at that point. Another He-Man punch to the face. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I waited. I knew, I knew we had to go back to the locker room because we were supposed to change out. I didn't change out because I had my new jeans on. Yeah, right? yeah. So... I hocked a loogie in my mouth, and I sat there for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it got Building to, it, it up. It was like, it was like an oasis. It was like a, 
a basin. Like, I could feel it. Like, I didn't want to swallow it because it was nasty. It had just been sitting in there for 30 minutes. And I remember going back to the to the, the locker room, and I, I went fast. Yeah. I got ahead of all the kids. And I, hud, I was hiding behind the locker. And sure enough, I saw the silhouette of his face come by, <laughs> and I spit. And in slow motion, it was like, <laughs> it was not like the same little thing on my leg. It was, yeah, it, it was a shotgun blast. It, oh, yeah. Like on the nose, you could see it like just going for, oh my God. And he got so mad <laughs> and he went to punch and he went like this and I grabbed it. Yes. And I punched him right in the face. And then the jock saw what was going on. Like, and he's like, oh man, this guy's getting beat up. But he looked like he was attacking me and he just got smacked. Nice. So he wanted to break it up. So they grabbed him and they threw him up against the wall, and his head hit this uh, coat hanger. Oof. So he got a concussion, he had spit on his face, oh and he got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so the same thing happened with the principal. Sit back really? down. He got three days, and I got one day, and a serious discussion not to spit in people's faces. There you go. So, no, that was. That sounds wild. Yeah. So, you know, moving past that, uh, you know, High school was a little tough, as you can see. Probably got in trouble a lot, you know, smoking cigarettes, yeah. selling cigarettes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I ended up going to night school at Cherokee High School. I don't know if you're allowed to say that. Sure, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, so hold on. They had night school in high school? Were you, yeah, like, so struggling to remember get... Remember, it's the country, right? Okay. So if you made it past 16 and still in school, you're doing good. But others really? are having families. You know, it's kind of country kind of thing. So Of the people you graduated with, like your graduating class, how many percentage-wise do you think graduated? Oh, I mean, we still had a good amount of people graduating. Oh, okay. It was just, there was a lot of, it, it, again, it was a come up of the Cherokee County area. So I went to, you had an option. Mm-hmm. You know, if you wanted to go to night school, you could do that. I went to school, I went to actually work down the street at IHOP. Nice. Yeah, right here. And uh, I was doing that at 16, making tips. So you're making money, but that you have to be there in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I need to go to school at night. I started going there at night, but during that time frame, uh, you know, I was a little bit of a rebel. I was going downtown. I was getting tattoos and skateboarding and all that stuff. So I was like, this cool. is a life. I'm making money at IHOP. thought it was a life. And then I'm going to school at night and going to punk shows and doing all this good stuff downtown. Well, uh, hold on a minute. In high school, that's yeah. the life. That sounds amazing. Are oh, you yeah. kidding me? Like yeah. I'm making money and like and I'm doing the things that I like to do and I'm getting tattoos. That sounds yeah. badass. That yeah. sounds great. What are your What are your parents' reaction to this? Probably well, not great, right? Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so between all the trouble that's going on, you know, never home, getting into riffraff, and so we, it was a little bit of a not good relationship for the first, let's say, high school years. Yeah. It just, I ended up moving out, you know, 17. So, really? Yeah. You're yeah. still in high school? Still in high school. Wow. But I went to school at night. Okay. And I thought I had it all figured out. I had my mm-hmm. own place, making money, you know, doing stuff. And then um, I, one of the most vivid memories I had, actually I have two, uh, but one was, uh, I remember we had a project, we were in science class, we went down to the river, and we were supposed to do some observation of some, some sort, but we were walking back up the hill, and the hill is actually connected to a park, it goes down below, and the high school's at top. Well, this one car came up behind me, like, pretty quickly, and I was like, she starts laying on the horn, I'm like, what is wrong with this person? We're trying to walk up this road, we're pedestrians, she can wait. So I, you know, thought I was pulling up my pants, and I don't know what she thought I was doing. Uh Uh-oh, reaching for something. Oh, God. So she hit the gas and hit me and knocked me over the front of the windshield. I landed on my back, and I got up. I'm like, what the hell? What are you doing? You just hit me. And she laughed at me and drove off. Well, my 
expletives, which we're not bleeping right now, uh, or I'm not saying. <laughs> um, when when I got to report it to the security office, they said uh, something along the lines of, um, well, sir, uh, yes, we do have reports of this happening. And I was like, yes, go get her. There's the car. Yeah. Here's the license plate. That's hit and run. She laughed at me. Go. Yeah. They're like, yes, but the way you handled the situation was not the best. Like, how would you handle getting hit by a car? I went over the, the winch. I mean, I did one of those flippies, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 seen the movies. Yeah, no, This it is sucks. real life. This is before reality TV. And I'm Jesus. like, yeah. So um, I reported it, and it turns out the girl that hit me was the daughter of a professor that worked in the school during the day. Oof. So the night riffraff crowd yeah. didn't really resonate. And because I cussed in the presence of a female or child in Cherokee County, there was some sort of Are rule you shitting me? that would require you an overnight stay in jail. And I was like, so if, if we... You had to stay in jail because no, no, she got hit by... you. She hit you with a car and you had to spend the night in jail? They said, you, we can move forward with these charges. Yeah. But you're going to go to jail for cussing in the presence. And I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. So I quit that and then went back to day school, right? Wow. Now, here's where it gets good. Um, it was a fresh start because I had left, went to night school, and then the curriculum got messed up. So I had to make a deal. I said, don't go into college prep. Just go into industrial, and, we'll, we'll, and you know, you'll be able to graduate. And I was like, great, fresh start. So my GPA was a 4.0 Sweet. for the most part because I had a fresh start. So just nice. as long as I did good with my classes. Art class. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly what I did. Exactly, yeah. All I did was go to art class. Well, the classes were so easy that I could get done with all of my stuff within the first couple know, of hour, weeks. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like of the day. And then they're like, here's your pass and the next class, keep going. So I spent most of my time in the art room, which is where the story really starts to change. Um, I ended up becoming uh, the vice president of National Art Honor Society and then ended up winning a bunch of scholarships like Savannah College of Art and Design. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Story really changes yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, so because so, I'm, I'm spending all day painting. You know? Right, right, right. It's like at you this point I'm, I'm already kind of, you know, well-seasoned per se, so I've got some creative vibes going on. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I just put this on it. So I ended up getting scholarships and so forth. But also around that same time frame, uh, right around the last year, senior year I had two senior years but we'll get into that later but um, ended up forming a band uh, called The Superbs um, we did very well uh, just performing around you know, garages and so forth yeah, yeah. at first but then we ended up uh, getting the opportunity to do Battle of Bands cool right? you know you always think oh it would be so cool to do the Battle yeah, of Bands yeah dude we could win oh. well we won sick <laughs> yeah. yeah so this episode of Life Story with Noah Chrysler is sponsored by Modern Estate Planning. Guys, here's a hard truth. Every one of you will die someday. When that happens, sometimes people leave behind a ton of problems for their friends and family to solve. After funeral costs, some people die poorer than the day they were born. And worse yet, if you don't have a will or you have a bad will, your family members can end up battling in court over the things you leave behind. They'll have to pay a ton of lawyer fees, and usually when the process is all over, they'll all end up hating each other and never speaking to each other ever again. Why make your family members go through that when instead you can take steps right now to plan the legacy that you leave behind. If you're in the Atlanta area, the best option you have is modern estate planning. Modern estate planning offers professional modern estate plans for the modern family. We've helped hundreds of families in the Atlanta area protect their legacies and avoid court. If you live in the Atlanta area and you don't have an estate plan or you have estate planning questions, give us a call at 404-620-3793. That's 404-620-3793. Guys, thanks so much for watching this episode. Um, let me know your thoughts about this 
show and this episode in the comments down below. Um, we have recently moved to a new studio space. I really like it. Um, or, you know, we've adjusted things, added some lights. There was a professional lighting guy that came in and was like, hey, you should put the lights here. And I was like, all right, I'll do that. I'll listen to you because you seem to know what you're doing. Um, and I don't know, let me hear your thoughts about Andy's episode. I love Andy. He's the best. Uh, and he's standing right there too. So it's a little weird to talk about him like he's not here. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, thanks so much for watching. Go ahead. If you're listening on a podcast app, leave us a five-star review. Also, if you could share this on your timeline, uh, that is probably the best way that you could help us grow this show. Um, I think that there's these weird echo chambers that happen on the internet where if you like something a lot, uh, you don't realize that other people don't know what it is and, and people don't realize how powerful their impact can be. They have networks and they're probably connected to lots of other people. Um, and so if you could share this for me, that would be the best way for you to help me right now. There'll be other ways in the future. I'm gonna have a merch store sometime eventually down the road, but uh, right now, we're just looking for awareness and sharing our stuff is the best way to get that. Thanks so much for watching. Hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. What, what do you do in the band? Are you playing guitar? I was at first the rhythm guitar and backup vocals. We mm -hmm. had another singer and uh, then slowly but surely I became the lead singer. Still played a little guitar but mainly just sang. Cool. Um, yeah, so. Where, when did you learn guitar? Who, who uh, kind of taught you? Well, music has always been part of the family. Uh, mm -hmm. we, always singing, rejoicing, and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, right? that's true. So it comes to hand in hand. Um, but uh, my dad had taken me to get some or, um, guitar lessons when I was very young, so I continued to play guitar, but playing punk, you know, at the time, right. I was learning, like, because Nirvana was coming out, yeah. and Green Day, and all that stuff. I was like, oh my God, yeah. I used to love Green Day. So was, that, was, that is the only CD that I ever bought in my life. Was it, uh, Green Day's American Idiot. I bought that CD, and then I was like, oh, I'll buy CDs all the time. And then I never bought another one, because then I got an iPod. You only got one CD? I only have one CD, and it's Green Day's American Idiot. That is Idiot. awesome. Do you have like a CD stack at your house, like with just the one CD? It's just one. Yeah, it's the big, it's the big rack. It's like there's 300 slots, and it's just one. One. <laughs> No, yeah. no. So that, that that love of music, uh, it progressed into other things. Like I listened to Descendants, I listened to AFI, I listened to um, Bad Brains, Bad Religion, like all a lot of punk music. So mm -hmm. the music was not necessarily the most talented. You yeah, know, a couple chords. It was filled with like emotion, emotions. Yeah, that started going the Warp Tour. That's what I'm telling about the concerts and stuff like that. So we started adopting a lot of that. Uh, style of music and it resonated with the, the kids and the schools and so what happened is we were actually start able to start playing shows because we could fill an audience and we would have anywhere Sweet. between 100 to 3 maybe 400 at every show and remember 17 18 years old yeah playing some 400 of kids in an audience yeah. are you kidding me at 17 that sounds awesome yeah so that's what happened so we started like playing the tabernacle the masquerade the cotton club all types of venues around uh atlanta and we started getting some notoriety, right? So, mm -hmm. am I going to art school? Am I going to be? A, am I going to be in a band, professional band? You know, those both are options that may not have the best future, but you know, we're going to go for it, right? So, as we're playing these shows, we we did a couple conferences and so forth, and we actually started getting some uh, noticed. You know, we're we're recording albums, we're 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 playing shows, and we started doing conferences, and we started getting noticed and they're like hey there's potential with this group we we think that you need a little bit of work from a production standpoint we're going to clean you up so we started recording better songs more produced songs with actual cool. producers and engineers and where who were the people that that said this to you where did you find these people That's okay so it was the atlantis music conference she was um 
part of the A&R team supervisor. She was one of the first people that said, hey, you know, you guys really have talent. You guys really need to bake this out. And that's Capitol Records, cool. right? That's not, that's not just some, right. some, some place. And then we started getting some other uh, notices from other people from a production standpoint that wanted to invest some money in us. And that's where we started. Okay, we got money to start making albums. Wow. And started selling albums. And we were now pressing, making uh, music and obviously playing a lot of shows. So what do we do now? We just start, we started opening up for bigger and bigger bands. We started becoming like a, a opening act for like headliners. Mm-hmm. So those same bands that we would go see from the punk side, you know, even like Bad Religion as an example or AFI, we opened up for those groups. That's amazing. How Less old were you? Jake. Um, so we're anywhere between eighteen to twenty-three was at the time. Wow, start, right? that's super cool. Yeah, yes. that's super cool. What is going through your head at that point? Where am I going with this? You know, am I going to school? Because I had to go to college. So I started going to college while I was in the band. And then the band started taking up more and more of the time. It's like, we need to do something. What are we going to do? So we made a decision to actually move to California. I guess that's kind of the next phase. I guess, I don't know how you're doing your formats here. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I want to hear the story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we made a decision to go to Hollywood. And, you know, this is something that's good for everybody. You know, just like when you were graduating college and getting into your first job, you Mm -hmm. know, that learning the lay of the land, Mm -hmm. sometimes you need to experience it firsthand. No one can ever tell you got to Right, Feel jump it. in, both feet, don't know what you're doing, and just run and it, off the and cliff. it probably yeah. is not going to work out for you. So right. Now, if you know what Hollywood is, Hollywood is where everyone goes because they all want to make it. They all want to be famous. They mm-hmm. all want to be successful. If you go out to dinner, your waiter is a trying actress or yeah. a singer or something of that nature. They're trying to make it in their own way. So there's a lot of competition. Very hard to stand out. But we were playing shows. We were playing anything from the Roxy off the Sunset Strip to various different clubs, the Whiskey, the, the Viper Room, and so forth. There was, We were getting opportunities, and we were opening up. In fact, I remember uh, playing at the, the Roxy uh, one night, and we actually were doing some work with a local rapper here in Atlanta called Timo from the Goody Mob. You ever heard of the Goody Mob? I've never heard of that. That sounds cool. Who's that peeking in my window, pal? Nobody now. You never heard that song before? Uh, honestly, if I probably heard it, I probably okay. would know it, but I'm sorry. I'm young and Give sheltered. Give me a little bit of A-Town <laughs> So uh, uh, Timo was from the Goody Mob, which is part of the Dungeon family, but Goody Mob also has somebody in that group that you would know. His name is CeeLo Green. Yeah, okay. Okay. So I like CeeLo, yeah. So Timo, Goody Mob, uh, Big Kip, Big Kip, Cujo, I think was the name of the other guys in the group, but... Um, they're part of the Dungeon family, and the Dungeon family also includes people like Outkast. Wow. So very well-known cool. you know, Southern rappers, and now we're going out to California. We're going to do a show. Timo's actually done a track with us. In fact, we can put a link to one of the songs down Hell below. Yeah. For yeah, I want to hear that really bad. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard your music before. Well, I never even heard you play. I want to hear you play sometime. Well, you're not watching my YouTube channel. Really? Do you play on your YouTube channel? Well, there's stuff there. There's stuff there? All right, we'll stalk you later. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we get there, and I'll never forget um, uh, going up to the Roxy and um, Be Real from Cypress Hill. Uh, You know know who Cypress Hill is? I've heard of them. I've never, I don't think I'm... Insane in the Membrane? Yeah, okay. Okay. Insane in the Membrane. Yeah, no, I got it. You know. Anyway, uh, (laughs) do a little bit of research on that. Anyway, so he was always out on the corners smoking Doja. You know, yeah. always and it's like this is California I'm like yo this is kind of strange you know this guy's out here just 
blatantly burning away. Yeah. We pull up, and Timo obviously knows this guy, so they're having their conversations. And I'm like, hey, be real, what's up? He's like, who's this guy? I'm like, oh, I'm in the band. I'm, I'm in the group. We're going to be playing tonight. You can come if you want. You know, I'm sure you guys are already friends. You know, you, you can get free free access. He's like, I can get free access. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and here's a drink ticket, too, if you want. You know, like, yes. <laughs> drink ticket. So I'm, like, still trying to talk to him, like, you know, hey. No, they didn't want nothing to do with me. I'm yeah. like, oh, you know, uh, Timo, I'm going to go set up. Uh, I'll see you inside and uh, be real. Hope to see you in the crowd. He's Yikes. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll see you. So, you know, it was it was tough trying to fit in, you know, yeah. on the Hollywood scene. You know, I'm a punk rock artist you yeah. know, playing the scene and not having any money, living in a small apartment with other guys, five other guys cramped up, you know. Yeah. That's so cool. How, how old were you when you moved to L.A. and did all that? That would have been things? 23. 23. At that point, I mean, I feel like the only logical thing in your brain is thinking like I'm going to be a rock star like I'm going to be the next like I don't know who do you want to be so um so our job every day was going to the studio and recording rehearsing and then setting up uh what do you call uh little demos for people that were my interested you know like a showcase I guess is what it's called Mm -hmm. you know people come by we play our show or a couple songs they thanks a lot and they leave and maybe call us back maybe they don't so yeah you think you're going to be a rock star but as the months go on you know things aren't happening I left school to, you know, do this. And I'm kind of like, I actually had a fiance at the time back home. And, uh, you know, it was getting a little stressful. So I said, hey, guys, I need to take a break. I need to go back to Georgia for a little bit. I need to see my fiance. I need to kind of settle some things down. And I'll never forget uh, on the flight into Atlanta, I was literally getting off the plane and I got a phone call that said, uh, we need you in Louisville in a couple of days for this other showcase. And I was like, as in Kentucky? K- Kentucky? He's like, yeah, uh, K- Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know how my other half's going to take this. This is, I've been gone forever. Now I need right. to go on the road. They're like, no, it's going to be a great, great conference. Uh, the manager from Creed is going to be there. I was like, whoa, whoa. are you kidding me? Oh, I know Creed. Lips of, is that Creed? That's Creed, right? Lips of an angel. Li- uh, I think, no, I don't no, know. That's, I'm that's, dumb. I don't that's know things. Hinder, I think. Okay. Lips of an angel. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, so the manager of Creed is in Kentucky. He's, he's going to put us on tour, maybe open up for. Creed. And you're divided between: and do like, I stay with the girl or do I go to Van? become in the mem- the newest member of Creed, Andy Miller? Yeah. Sorry, Metro on the move. So at that point, I realized we were in for it. You know, I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. And so needless to say, there was going to be a lot of panels because it's a conference and there's going to be groups playing in bars throughout Louisville. And mm-hmm. that's when the A&R people go around like, oh, good man, we want to sign you. Yeah. yeah. Well, where we were stationed to play was at 12 o'clock in the hotel lobby. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, it's a little yikes. Yeah. I was like, we just drove six hours to get here. Let's play in a Marriott, guys. Play in a Marriott. There's nobody here. <laughs> of course, the other bands were there that we were supporting. Oh, we love your band. We love your band. Yeah. We're just with fans. There is no fans. There is no A and R. So, uh, you know, I'm probably gonna get some flack if they ever. Was see it all this. bullshit? Uh, well, they didn't understand the opportunity. It wasn't bullshit oh, per okay. se. It's just we didn't get premium treatment. 
Gotcha. So they spent all this money to get out there, and I realized where this was going. So what I did was I wrote a letter in the middle of the night, stuck it in their hotel room, and then bolted, and I quit the group. And I came back wow. to Georgia and started, uh, went back to school. That was it. Wow. I, was I walked away. That's crazy. So so what was, I mean, you were thinking, okay, this is, we're just not going to make, this is not going to make, this is not going to work out. It's not going to work. How old were you when you quit? I was 23. 23. Yeah. Wow. Babe's busy year. (laughs) Busy year. uh, So it didn't work out. Went back to school. Uh, I got a quick degree in visual communications and started working as a production artist and actually uh, did pretty well. You know, that's like you, your first job out of college and I'm actually making money, doing creative work. It was Mm -hmm. production work. It was yellow page ads. There you go. Yeah, it was hey, but it was creative. so digital production. And what year is this? Uh, this was two thousand four. Two thousand four. Mm-hmm. Okay, so digital production is kind of graphic design type stuff. Yeah, visual and communication, print specialization. Gotcha. I was making magazines. And you had a background in art from from previous high experience, and, and then also going into college had obviously started going down that path. Mm-hmm. But then I got the associate's degree in visual communications, working in print, uh, doing various different creative projects. Then I went back to school at Kennesaw and then later graduated with a degree in uh, management and marketing. So I have a couple degrees. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. But uh, that last year uh, at um, at Kennesaw, uh, I actually ended up joining another group, which, again, if you want to see some music, you'll put some descriptions down below. Uh, Links in the description. a band called Unknown Soul uh, did very well. Uh, in fact, within a year, we went from just me replacing their current singer to producing an album, being one of the best local acts. We were opening up for bigger bigger bands. It was happening the same kind of model, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, what had happened after we won a number of different contests, Battle of the Bands, whatever you want to call it, doing record releases and so forth. Well, I'm sorry, what was your second group called? Unknown Soul. Unknown Soul. Yeah. You're playing similar stuff. Uh, It's more like, you know, 90s rock. Okay. When you see this. Give me an example. A cover, cover. I'm so <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, okay. I don't want to spoil it. I, there'll be obviously an opportunity to see some live performances as Hell well yeah. as recorded performances. It's in the YouTube channel. Gotcha. Okay, I'll go there. check it out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Covers and stuff no, or original, original music? All wow. Original. And we were getting some interest, but then I graduated school. I had to get a job. And this is a true story because this actually resonates with you. Um, I had actually worked on uh, an interview trying to work with a company. I don't know if I'm supposed to say the company name. You can. It doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, let's if you feel uncomfortable about it, you don't have to. Um, so I got a job. and uh, But before I got that job, I remember uh, basically them telling me, saying, okay, we have an opportunity for you here in Atlanta, mm-hmm. or we have an opportunity for you in Orange County. And I was all like, what do you mean Orange County? And they're like, well, you can live in, you know, Orange County or the surrounding areas and there's a office in Irvine which is right outside of Laguna Beach which where is, is Orange County in Georgia I'm an idiot I'm I don't know things I don't know I'm sorry Orange County's in California I don't know guys okay I'm from the burbs in New York okay I don't know things so one thing I recommend you know is go to Orange County okay yeah it's it's just completely diverse place that you would just love and it is located in southern california southern california yeah. which i totally knew and, and <laughs> just put it this way uh they have the upper there yeah and then the super upper and gotcha. that's about the diversity that they have it's it's a very gotcha mansions and stuff la or like you know like hollywood uh area well, you know southern california okay hollywood is a whole nother yeah beast gotcha. compared to orange county okay yeah. 
You need to learn, learn something new. I feel embarrassed that All I right. don't know these so things. So listen, everybody, let's put together a, a GoFundMe for Noah <laughs> so he can go out to Orange County and uh, explore this wonderful, beautiful place for his own, his own well-being. Fantastic. Because I think it'll just mind blown. Okay. Right. Okay. Mansions everywhere. It's, well... It doesn't have to be a mansion. You can oh. have a two-bedroom, and it's worth $7 million. million. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Okay. okay. Uh, anyway, uh, so I was like, I don't know, and they flew me out there. And when I got there, I knew immediately that this band thing isn't going to work out. I'm, at this point— what, what made you think that? Well, I was 27 at the time, and I realized, uh, well, maybe I should be doing something else, you know, than— the band stuff and focused on my career and now I'm moving to Southern California this is a way better opportunity so scrapped all that and decided to make my way west gotcha uh, you, you ready for some good stories here, here? we go because this I think you've heard this story before I think so probably I've heard a lot of them but it's so, great to hear them all in uh, sequential order yeah yeah so uh, I get this opportunity to move to California but I gotta find a place right yeah if you remember the property is really expensive like most apartments are going for uh, $1,800 for a small one bedroom yes. 500 square feet no AC right no AC no, yeah they don't have AC there no AC. Because it's so, so I don't cool. think I could have done early 2000s. All right. Just, <laughs> go fund me, Noah, Noah Chrysler. Uh, get him out to California. He'll, he'll understand the no AC thing. <laughs> out by the, the water side, it gets really cool. And you just open your windows. You don't, oh, you don't okay. Anything. Gotcha. Um, the water's a lot cooler out there. Okay. Uh, than on the East Coast. It's, again, things you'll experience. Go yeah. fund me, Noah Chrysler. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Noah actually had shared some uh, stories with me. We'll get into your yeah. experiences. Uh, but uh, I had made a very dire mistake. Uh, at this time, Craigslist was still kind of new, I guess-ish. Yeah. You know, post, <laughs> post different things and you get different responses, sell things or meet people. And uh -huh. Well, I, I needed to rent a room. I didn't want to commit. I didn't know how long I was going to be there. And this is 2000 what? I think this was 2007. Okay. Right? 2007. We're moving to Orange County. Moving up. We're on Craigslist looking for a place. Yep. Sounds kind of bad already, right? No, it sounds great. Nothing could go wrong at <laughs> all. Because <laughs> they've had made movies about Craigslist, right? Have they really? Oh, yeah. I haven't watched you, them. Yeah. Craigslist Killer, all that stuff. Oh, let's not talk about that because oh, I love Craigslist. It's I, so <laughs> super creepy. Anyway. Uh, so here's what happened. Um, I picked out four different rooms and went by and met the different people. Like, oh, hi. This one's nice. This one's more expensive. You're shopping around. That's shopping good. Around, yeah. You know, and finally, I found this one place in Huntington Beach. It was a four bedroom. Four bedroom. Mm. Nice big backyard right by the beach. Perfect. I, I should say a couple miles from the beach, but that's close enough. You right, know, right. Get on my beach cruiser. I'll be there in... 30 minutes. Yeah. Skate down the beach. It's all flat, right? The beach cruiser was a little cooler than skateboarding, but we'll get okay. to that in a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I had finally found this one place, and uh, it was around Christmas time. Came in there, they had lights out, they had hot chocolate on the stove. Wow. Like the old school kind, too. Yeah. Like, I'm lactose intolerant. So no, and that thing, and then they took it, yes. and they, oh, and it's got that little handle, it's yes. wrought iron or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't like hot water with the. Right. Little marshmallows and stuff. It was the real deal. So I was like, wow, this lady is into Christmas. She's got Christmas lights. She's got hot chocolate. The room's only six fifty, all inclusive. Wow. Yeah. Something's wrong. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, so yeah, let's move forward. What do I got to do? She was like, I need two months up front plus a security deposit. And I was like, so that'll be carry the one minus two. She's like, two grand. I was like, okay, two grand. For six fifty a month? Okay. First two months. Gotcha, 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 I gotcha. Okay. So I was like... It's a commitment, though. One, two, <laughs> handed her $2,000. And I said, I'll see you in a couple weeks. So I came back, packed up all my stuff, said goodbye to all my friends. They had a party. 
We had a keg. It was cool. Sweet. And uh, I, did, I made my way out west. I'm driving out west with all my stuff. Now, if you've ever done that before, cross-country trip by crazy. yourself, it's crazy. Yeah. One, you got all your stuff in your car. You're scared. Do you do it in one shot or do you stop and stuff? Oh, you can't See do the it. Great I mean, Canyon? There's no way you can, you do, can it. do it. In, okay, I don't I know mean, things. It's, it's, it's like 40 it's, hours, right? It's like three days if you want. Yeah. It's 18, okay. 1,800 miles, 2,000. I mean, I guess you could do it in a day if you wanted to, but you probably aren't doing legal things. <laughs> 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 probably not driving the best either. <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, so I'm making my way out west. I stopped in Oklahoma, and then I stopped in uh, Flagstaff, and then I stopped in Las Vegas. There you go. Yeah. So I knew somebody out there that was like, oh, I'm going to show you the town. We're going to have a good time. And she worked in the industry, and she did show me a good time. We went around Las Vegas, got to see behind the scenes and casinos Sweet. and so forth of that nature. And she's like, you want to get a tattoo? I'm like, yeah, I want to get a tattoo. <laughs> so I ended up getting a, a tattoo that says, luck of the draw on the back of my leg. Hell yeah. Like, you know, it goes, Vegas, luck of the draw, roll sure, the yeah. dice. You know? We're not showing my tattoos, <laughs> but it's definitely Link there. in the description. <laughs> <laughs> Link in the description. So um, I have a real banger out there in Las Vegas, and I'm ready to make my way into California. And I'm just like, I'm going to take a shower when I get there. Everything's going to be great, right? And I get to California, and I, and I remember pulling up, and I had to go to the bathroom. Of course, you know, I've yeah, been driving forever. I want to go to the bathroom, take a shower, and I meet the roommates along the way. I'm like, hey, guys, nice to meet you. We'll have a, we'll have a powwow. I just need to take a shower. They're like, well, well we, before we get in, and I was like, hey, listen, need to take a shower. You're great people. Awesome. Open the door. There's no shower. <laughs> there's no toilet. There's no sink. And I'm all like, what'd you guys do to the bathroom? They're like, oh, we were renovating it for you. And I was like, for me? What about for you guys? Yeah. Like, well, what? We, we just wanted to make you feel comfortable. And I was like, well, don't you want to be comfortable? When's this going to be done? They're like, well, we were supposed to have it done before you got here. But things happened, and uh, we'll probably oh have it done God. in a couple weeks. And I was like, a couple weeks? I was like, so I'll just take a shower in the other room. You know, there's four bedrooms, two baths. Yeah. Well, about that. And oh, I was my like, God. Evidently, the tree, the roots, had uh, eaten up the... The pipes. The pipes. That sucks. No drain. Yeah. So I was like, what do I do? They're like... What you some you some you some yuppie punk? Figure it out. And I was all like, yuppie punk. <laughs> Figure what out? I want to take a shower. I want to take a shower. I'm so, out two grand. What the hell? So I ended up learning the definition of an Irish shower. Or, yeah. Or a uh, uh, wet wipes. Wet wipes. And, really? Uh, yeah. And Starbucks was always curious why I'd show up every day. <laughs> I'll take a caramel macchiato and I'll be right back. Had <laughs> a towel, I'd throw it over my shoulder and I'd be in there longer than I needed to, come out, my hair all wet. They were like, what'd you do? <laughs> That's for me to know and you never to find out because you'll never let me in here again. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So You're bathing in a Starbucks. Not working out good, uh, bathing in a Starbucks. Then I meet my roommates. One was like an Alaskan fisherman that had been on unemployment for years. Yeah, he, you told me about that. Because he yeah. broke his pinky and he uh -huh. couldn't reel it in. Yeah. I was like, geez. Super legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other guy hated white people. I'm like, yo, I'm, we can't live like this. And he's like, well, you're all right. And I was like, okay, good. Yeah. But, can we like learn to go out and just have a good time? Nah, man, hanging out with you. I thought we're friends. So it was a weird dynamic, right? So we're getting along fine. But the Alaskan fisherman, I think he had other revenue streams coming in because he wasn't working and he wasn't getting checks because unemployment ran out or something like that. But middle of the night, there'd be people coming and going from his room. I was like, man, this guy's really popular, man. People want to come by at 3 o'clock in the morning 
and that girl looked like a prostitute. And I'm like, oh, this is this isn't good. Turns out he was dealing in the in the house, and I was like, not feeling very comfortable about this. I'm yeah, like, because I don't. Who no, gets, who gets up to get something at three o'clock in the morning? It ain't it ain't normal. It's, it's crazy stuff. Right, so you I'm never like, know what's gonna happen. Yeah, if you screw somebody over, somebody comes in with a gun, and you're sleeping ten Boom, feet away. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes right through my little drywall. Right. You know? No, no, that's not good for me. So, I was trying to figure a way to get out. In fact, the lights went out a couple times, and I'm like, "Hey, I thought I paid up, you know? What's yeah. going on? Oh, we're behind on the rent and the and the electricity." I'm like, "Oh, this place is looking sketchy." Yikes! Yeah. So of course I was in. Uh, and, and at this time you're working a job, right? You're working same company for the same company. You're doing digital design for phone no, book stuff. No, no, I remember stuff. with uh, the other company Different. that moved out. To, gotcha. Yeah. Can you do a quick vague description of what you do there or not? I was an account executive overseeing uh, various different publishers and so forth. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So uh, anyway, at that point, I decided I needed to get out of this house, but I needed to find another roommate. So I just went out to the clubs mm-hmm. and uh, I found someone very quickly, landed and expanded. A, ro- and, a roommate. Yeah, Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I came home after the weekend. I was all excited and wanted to tell the guys about my weekend because yeah. I was really excited. Now, they were mad at me because I had done something that offended them. Yeah. What'd you do? Right. So there was never any food in the fridge ever. Mm-hmm. But I would go to the grocery store, and I would get lunch meat, bread, cheese, drinks, things of that nature. Wow! And I would share it with yeah, food. Like, what is <laughs> oh this my gosh! Do you have food too? It's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, so I put a lot of food in the fridge, and I was like, guys, I know you guys are having a hard time right now. You can have some of this food if you'd like, but I have one rule. I'm like, what's the rule? Don't touch my Fritos. Don't take the last of anything. If there's gotcha. one last piece of cheese. If there's one last drink, two slices of bread, because nobody wants a half sandwich. Right, right. right. And we're like a little bit of the chips at the back. Just leave those little chips there for me to get. Yeah. That's, that's where, mine. That's, that's me. That's that's why I bought it, because I want to eat that. Yeah. And I came home before that weekend, and all the drinks were gone, and I accused the fisherman, because I thought <laughs> he drank the last one. I was like, dude, drank the last of my drinks. He's like, I didn't do it. I was like, yeah, he did. Uh-oh. Walked out, right? But now the weekend's over. I'm on. I'm like, hey, I met, met somebody. Everything's going great. I, I want to tell you all about it. Like, we need to talk. And I was like, well, what do we need to talk about? What do we need to talk about? And it's like, well, you accused me, and it wasn't me. And I was like, well, who wasn't? He was and the other guy. It was me. And I was like, oh, well, fuck you. Well, yeah. Fuck, fuck both of you guys. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and they're like, no, fuck you for accusing me. And then he got like all aggressive. It's like, you think because you're a yuppie little brat, have it all good and stuff that you can just treat us however you like. Well, we're people too. And I was like, no, no. I was treating you good, and you can't switch this on me. So he grabs me by the throat, throws me up against the wall. Wow. And I'm like sitting there going in front of the landlord too. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I paid in advance. This guy hasn't paid anything, and what's going on? And um, I uh, scuffles going on, yelling and screaming. And then I looked down, and I saw my phone was on, and it had actually dialed the person that I had a great weekend with. Oh, no. Okay. So I thought it was a voicemail. So I was like, Psh. I was like, guys, Bleh. Went to the room, called him. Hey, you know, you can kind of uh, delete that. Last yeah, disregard, phone. please. Just delete that. <laughs> <laughs> she's all like, "Oh no, actually, I heard everything. You can come, you can come move in." And I was like, "Oh, whoa!" Perfect. After one like, weekend. Yeah. Well. Oh, a couple weeks. Yeah, a couple. couple gotcha. Weekends. <laughs> couple weekends. Okay. Okay. Solid. Okay. So anyway, um, so moved out of there, and you know, needless to say, that was uh, my Craigslist experience. Yeah. So for those that are thinking about using Craigslist for your roommate, <laughs> rent a room. Watch the Craigslist murderer. It's very serious. Things happen you will not predict. 
Anyway, so I need to check that out. I haven't seen that before. Yeah, like things go bad on Craigslist. Yeah, it's never good. Yeah, I, I wish somebody had told me that too. <laughs> like, hey, maybe, maybe just Facebook Marketplace is yeah. an is an option now. I don't know. So here we go. So let's let's go ahead and fast forward, just kind of getting right. things on. So California's great, you mm-hmm. know, but 2008's right around the corner, and I think you remember what happened. Yeah, Two, Chow, economy goes in the down, toilet. Though. But we had an opportunity. We moved over to uh, the East Coast and actually moved to an island called Tybee, uh, Tybee Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. So, yeah. So, basically, from my understanding, and you fill in the blanks, but you were working on an island doing, like, a like a sales job. Branding. and working. I was an account executive again, but I was working for a branding agency. Gotcha. Doing, like, broadcast commercials and things of that nature. So, it was a totally different job for me. Very creative, being able to utilize my skills. Cool. Doing very well. In fact, not only was I doing that kind of work, but I also had another job. I was a karaoke DJ. Really? Yeah. In a smoky... Do you have a name? Do you have a DJ name? No. <laughs> <laughs> DJ? We're like, all right, up next is Noah Chrysler. He's going <laughs> to sing a little Divinals. And if you want to touch yourself, you can. Put your put a dollar in the bucket. We'll put your name to the top of the list. Take care of that bartender. $2 jello shots all night long. <laughs> Noah Chrysler. Yes. <laughs> This is my favorite. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love to sing. I mm-hmm. was going to the smoky bars right next to my house, which was not a good idea. You know, having a bar next to your house. Because yeah. it's like, oh, what am I going to do today? I don't know. Yeah. So I was in there so often that the karaoke DJ that was in there, I was like, oh, you sing a lot. You should be the karaoke DJ because I'm quitting. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. But yes, I'll take over. Yeah. Didn't know what that really entailed. Uh, three and a half hours, four hours every Friday and Saturday night. Starting at 9 o'clock till 1 o'clock every Friday and Saturday night. Tell your friends. Tell your family. It's always going down at Gaina's Bar and Grill. Yeah. Anyway, that spiel right there actually worked. It got packed. There was tons of Sweet. people in there all the time. It ended up becoming number one KJ on the island. They called them KJs. Not DJs, but okay. K- karaoke. Karaoke jock. jock. Yeah. So I was doing good there. I uh, lived on the island. Had a good time there for a little bit. But then, I, hold on, this is amazing. I love this. Oh, like yeah? you're the you're the karaoke king on Tybee Island. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Whoop. This is a great chapter. Uh-oh, yeah. Oh yeah. A little looping actually. Yeah. <laughs> hold on to my mic here. <laughs> so yeah, um, Tybee was great. Beach cruiser living. Didn't have to leave the island for a number of. Uh, are we good on time or? Yeah. No, we're fine. We're fine. Sorry. Okay. Again, cool. Blowing up text messages. <laughs> popular man. I know. Yeah. You know. Hey. I get text messages. <laughs> From my mom every now and then. <laughs> Especially emojis and stuff. <laughs> my stuff. parents recently discovered in the past couple of years emojis. And yeah, they just, that's all they do. Yeah. And they started talking with emojis too. It's like, I thought kids did that. And the parents like, we're doing it too. Yeah. We yeah. figured it out. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Tybee, beach life. It sounds great, you know, but again, bars next to your house. Things can get monotonous over time but uh the decision was made to move back to atlanta another opportunity with a technology company which you may know about which we probably don't need to say the name but probably is i got an opportunity there and started working in atlanta which is where i uh, met my wife right Mm -hmm. uh i met her pretty much right off when i when i moved to atlanta i went out to a a bar i went out to the masquerade and actually met her on halloween watching a punk rock band. I thought it was just love at first sight, right? Yeah. And uh, her friends actually were living with her at the time. And, you know, half of her friends like, no, don't talk to this guy. And the other <laughs> half was like, yes, talk to this guy. That's, a, that's you know, that's the exact right ratio that you want. Because it's like, he's mysterious and I shouldn't. But he also could be great. Like, so, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> and it was going pretty fast, too. It was like, oh, hey, you want to come home? I'm like, well, I, I just met you and I'm all by myself. And you have four people and I'm by myself. I was like, oh, whatever. 
anyway, so it worked out very well. Uh, became really good friends with uh, her friends as well. And um, obviously, it was a nice transition to Atlanta. Started working for the company. And over time, uh, obviously, my wife and I fell deeply in love. And uh, obviously, we got married and so forth. I'm kind of expediting the, the storyline here a little yeah. bit. Um, and uh, over time, people in the company uh, remembered that I used to be a singer and said, hey, there's this cover band. We would love you to start singing in this. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I get to sing in a cover band, be married, and work in a technology company. Life is good again. Life Sweet. is great, right? Yeah. Living in Atlanta, as you know, is not always the best. And uh, working in this band, we would play like Fado and other festivals. Yeah, yeah. Age. But this was all covers. Gotcha. So you get up there, you play Fado. Three. Fado is an Irish pub in Atlanta that is fantastic and, and was loved by the people uh, at, at the company that we worked together for. Lots of memories. Yeah. We're going to get to you in a second. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely going to get to you. Fantastic. You, in, our, in our experiences of Fido's and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, no. Uh, oh, boy. I don't even remember most of those. I wonder why. <laughs> I think we were drinking Kool-Aid. Uh, so, no, the storyline goes, um, in this cover band, playing shows and so forth, and I actually went out to a benefit uh, one day, and... Um, at this benefit concert, you know, it was less fortunate people, and you know, it was starting to get like this feeling of like, man, you know, I'm doing a good thing, raising the money for these people, but hey, wow, this is just kind of opening my eyes to, again, the world of less fortunate people and so forth. But after that show, it kind of pushed me back a little bit because I was spending a lot of time uh, just going to bars, hanging out with friends, not doing anything outdoorsy, like at the beach. I was, I've been in Atlanta for a while now, and I'm just kind of like doing my own thing indoors a lot. And I went over to my friend's house. And we actually picked up some uh, Popeye's chicken nice. and some champagne. That was, sounds great. Yeah, we're going to have a good day. Fun little afternoon, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like champagne? That sounds, that sounds like a great time today. Like, I might go do I'm Popeye's chicken you, and champagne. It's great. It's a great yeah. combination. Uh, anyway, so we're hanging out, eating some chicken, drinking some champagne. And I'm on the back deck, and he needed some cigarettes. So I went and got some cigarettes, came back, we're hanging out, and you know, just talking about life in general. And this gentleman that I'm talking about, which I'm trying to not put names in there You're fine. for on purpose, um, was the same gentleman that I had met my wife at. So uh, in short, that, that set of friends had actually was her best friend, my wife's best friend, and this gentleman. They got married and lived down the street, so they were living in the neighborhood. We stopped by there fairly cool. frequently. Okay, so yeah, it was like kind of you guys like are kind of tight. You're, yeah. Yeah, your couple friends or couple whatever. Friends. Yeah. yeah, who we wouldn't like them living in the neighborhood as well. Married friends, best friends, blah, blah, blah. We're having conversations about life, and he starts making these weird gestures as I'm talking to him. I'm like... What do you mean gestures? It's kind of like weird facial. I'm like, oh. I'm talking. Like, we're talking right now. I'm like, yeah. kind of like looking at me like... I'm like, well, if you don't really enjoy my conversation here, I'm just going to go ahead and leave, you know? Yeah. And this, he started shaking a little bit, and his oh cigarette God. in his mouth started falling. I was like, okay, this isn't good. And then he just falls down on the floor, and I'm all like, okay, uh, are you messing around? <laughs> and then he started turning purple. And I was wow. like, wow. So I, I got I got over to him, and I put him on his side, and then the girls come in, like, what's going on? What's going on? Called 911, and uh, I remember the dispatcher was on the line saying, hey, keep pumping on the chest, keep pumping on his chest. And I literally saw him come up, take his last breath, expunge it, and then the light literally go out of his eyes. And I was wow. like, oh, this is not good. And as, at the moment that happened was when the medic, medic team actually showed up. But the girls are freaking out. I just saw this happen. I knew it wasn't looking good. You know, I knew that it was over. 
And we went to the other room. I'm trying to console the ladies while they're in there just pumping away, trying to get this guy, you know, revived. And they couldn't figure out what was going on. And this guy was in his 50s. You know, he was a smoker. He was not very active. And I guess it just caught up with him. And, you know, he had a heart attack and died. So there was pretty much nothing I could do. So at that point, kind of everything changed, you know, your perspective on you know, your life to date and all these wonderful things that could happen. You know, this, when you asked me to do this, this life story, it was very important to me because it's like, oh, I need a chance to tell some stories. But for this, this gentleman, his life is over. Right? Right. That is, is done. Right. He didn't have the next day and he didn't have anything else after that. And it's just his memories. So at that point, I kind of looked at my own life and realized, I was like, man, you know, partying, going out to shows, clubs, spending a lot of time indoors. I need to get out and actually start doing something different. I need to take a different path in mm-hmm. life. I need to figure out how I can be more active, to be more healthy, to you know, just explore, do different things than just the same thing over and over. Because life is short. You never know when it's going to end. Yeah. And at that point, it kind of took a, a pivotal change. I stopped singing. I stopped uh, painting. I stopped doing anything creative. I just said, I don't want to do any of that anymore. I want to do something completely different. So being young, I love to explore and be outside. So I, I returned to that. And so I would go out into the woods, into the mountains, and start finding trails and things of that nature. And it was like, a, it was a lot. You know, you had to do the research to find places to go. And I was like, man, I wish there was somebody that could help me do this. And then I got the idea. I was like, oh, well, maybe I should start recording this and making videos. <laughs> Fantastic. What a great. <laughs> oh, so, uh, what am I going to do here? I want yeah. to inspire people to live a healthier lifestyle, to help them find places to go, to enhance their lives. They're not doing the same old thing. Not just a weekend warrior, they're feeling good about accomplishments, reaching new heights. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so I started recording a series of videos and putting them on YouTube. And, you know, everybody that starts off with YouTube, it's the same scenario. Like, be a shaky video. Right. Hey, guys. Like, yeah. And it's always cringeworthy. And you you don't know it until years later. Yeah. So I make a bunch of videos. And uh, we're going to segue into the next segment here with Noah Chrysler. (laughs) So hold on a second. Before we get there. So I, I just I think that that's such a really cool, powerful thing where, you know, I mean, you see this horrible experience, right? And you're there and you see someone that you're close to and I'm probably you've probably known for years mm-hmm. pass yeah. and then you kind of take inventory of your life and actively decide to kind of go in a different direction. That's amazing. Like I don't know. Um and and yeah, I mean at this point or you know, after you'd been making videos for a couple of years, we kind of met and then you told me that story after a couple of months that we knew each other and I like that kind of blew me away. Mm-hmm. Um because I think that uh, I don't know. I I think that I think the people that I like the most, right, are people that live like intentionally. They make decisions. Uh, they, they understand why they make the decisions that they make, and then they go and they make decisions that are like against the grain usually. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a perfect example of that. Where I saw this thing happen, it made me think. I made this other cool thing and it is now i mean taking off it, it, yeah, which is really cool so yeah. i want i want to thank noah chrysler is this the right camera to look at sure <laughs> uh, so noah comes in the office and he's like yes uh i'm 
I would like to talk to the manager or whatever. And he's like, manager, I'm not here to sell you anything, but I need a job. And he, he actually gets the job and he comes in there and he's like, oh, hey, I'm Noah Chrysler and I'm going to change everything. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy is out of, out of college and he's going to blow my mind here with everything that he knows. So, so hold on. So just for some context, I had, I moved to Atlanta yep. um, at like the beginning of like 2019. Mm-hmm. It was Christmas. It was Christmas 2018. Cold outside. Yeah, it was very cold, mm-hmm. um, which I was shocked when I came into Atlanta how cold it actually gets here. It gets pretty cold. Um, but anyway, I came and I was living with my sister and I was like, Jamie, I'm moving out in a month. And mm-hmm. she's like, she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm going to get a job and move out of here in a month because I, I hate the couch thing. I just, it's miserable and awful and I don't like it at all. So I made a resume, I made a website and I was like, great. And I, I did the apply online thing and I did that for weeks and weeks and it was like, oh, cool. Nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like, fuck it. Like, I'll march up there and knock on doors. And so I went to I went to NBC. I went to uh, I, I went to the CNN building oh, and, I, and I tried to like that go? not well. Can you believe that <laughs> security? So oh, so yeah. I like I like tried to like knock on the door and like get into the office and like hand out my resume and like I I spoke to this reception. She was terrified. She was absolutely horrified because it was right at the time of like Trump and everything, you know, and oh. every, and people like really really hated CNN because the, oh oh see so they they thought you were going to they thought that I bad. they they were like we cannot you cannot hand things to us. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, you can't hand items to oh, us. Oh, because it could have something on the paper. Anthrax. Oh, yeah. So you're like, oh, so this paper thing is not working it's out. It's not going to happen. <laughs> um, yeah. And just a lot of that. Just a lot of like going to places, having them be like, cool, we'll call you if something comes up. So yeah. you went to a smaller building, not like CNN, but looked like a good corporate building. You just picked a door, walked in the door. I would I would look up job posts. Oh, okay. So you and then I would the, systematically go to the locations around the city. So you go in there, you get the job, and it, so Noah comes down the hallway. I'm like, oh, okay, this guy's going to change the world. He's going <laughs> to slice bread differently. I get it. Cool. And he starts talking about YouTube. I was like, oh, he's a YouTuber. I'm on YouTube too. Okay, let's see what he's got. And I was actually really blown away. You had a lot of really well-produced stuff, way beyond what I had. And I was a little Thank intimidated. I, I was like, that. well, you know, my stuff's good too. It's just, <laughs> it's different. You know, just, right. you just have to take it in and you, you talk about this and I talk about walking around the woods. So it's different. And yeah. And he's like, well, I could know he Noah says, I'll give you a list of things that I think that you should do. Yeah. So he gets out that piece of paper. Which, which is not a good, in hindsight, terrible thing to do to make a first impression. Awful. Horrible. Like, I want to punch myself in the face already. Like, well, like here's what you're doing wrong. wrong and here's, and here, you should I, be doing better. I was like, well, what's he know? I want to beat the shit out of my former self. Like, that sounds awful. That sounds so bad and cringy. And I just, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. So this list of items, I, I glanced over it. And I was like, yeah, I probably could do that. Maybe I should do that. Just too. for some for some further context for that. Because I feel like, I don't know, just we before I had. Tell me, Noah, why is it trending? Yeah, exactly. So, so I had worked on <laughs> before that. We had I'd, I'd basically taken a year with my buddy, and we yeah. got we were in this program, and they gave us some seed money, and they were like, "Hey, go start a company." Mm-hmm. You know, we were like, "We want to build a YouTube company." And they're like, "Great, stop making excuses. Here's some cash. Go do it. Let's see what you got." Right. And so we were like, "Okay, shit. Yikes, we got to figure this out." Um, so we started making this company, and eventually we we focused on this brand that was analyzing top YouTubers, right, and like mm-hmm. really critically looking at and researching and and like saying, "Okay, cool. What did this?" person do to blow up and how right. do they make their career so 
I felt like I I had learned some things. Yeah. Um, and and I had a foundation. It wasn't just like I don't know. Well, like you should do it this way. I actually genuinely felt no, no, like no, no, I could no. help. You had you had you had the method behind the madness, and and, and I. I I watched your videos. Yeah. And I was like, maybe he does know what he's talking about. <laughs> maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And this point, to give context as well, I had maybe 100, 200 subscribers. I had maybe 30,000. This is at the very beginning. Right, right. And listening to Noah and why it's trending. And my crazy manic rants on crazy bullshit. <laughs> taking in some of these pointers and tips, I will say that we went from 200 subscribers, around 30,000 views, to today it's around 1,200 and about 170,000 views. And again, for old man tromping in the woods, which is not what it is, but it kind of is. Uh, uh, my channel is it's all about helping people, but at the same time, just taking that storyline, learning how to deliver it a little bit better, making it more interesting. Those were all the things that I would say thank you for doing. And I want to say that I have brought something for you to celebrate. This thank is a limited you. edition Metro on the Move hologram sticker. That's awesome. Yeah. I have my other one, but it's not holographic no, like that's this. Ho that's the limited edition. Hell Only yeah. 100. So that's wow. one of 100. I have another one here for the tech guy back here don't want to leave him out fantastic caesar caesar's, caesar, helping our caesar's on the tech, you know. <laughs> we got a full line support here so cool um, thank you very much i i genuinely love these Where, which company did you go with uh sticker mule sticker mule yeah and they're great we'll put an affiliate link in the description <laughs> down below <laughs> all the stuff will be down below <laughs> dive into that description but no i want to say uh when you reached out and said andy i want to do this 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 uh podcast uh you know are you interested i i really was because i see what you're doing and I think that it's a great idea and I think it's a great platform for a lot of people to tell their story and it doesn't have to be as long-winded as mine and I know this is probably going to get edited like meet Andrew Miller and that was a great <laughs> <laughs> no but no thank you for what you've done uh obviously with your tips and pointers and thank you for this invite to be here because it's definitely helped out a lot uh in my YouTube channel and I definitely hope that this this story was more entertaining for you as no well it was as awesome all of you watching today and tomorrow because it's on YouTube. It's yeah, just forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and ten years down the road. Um, no, and Andy, thank you so much for coming on. And um, I don't know, and I don't know. There's a bunch of questions that I have for yeah, you. Yeah, let's end go here. for it. But also, um, I also want to give some more context to that stuff. I, 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 you. I really, really, really appreciated our friendship when I was working at that job because yes, I did. I did walk in there guns a blazing, you know. After you college, made some friends too, right? And I did. I made some friends. <laughs> I made some enemies as well, which is not. But I, I think that there. I mean, there are. You know, the nice thing. You can get a job by doing that. You can get a job by making your resume and like yes. going hyper crazy focused on it and building a website and going hyper crazy focused and yeah. getting tons and tons of feedback and making sure that they're the best things possible and then going crazy and walking up to random businesses and knocking on the door. Yeah. You can do that. But I think that there's pros and cons. I think that I don't think it was the necessarily like the right culture fit for me. And I think that I was really, really struggling a lot during mm -hmm. that time and it's nothing against the company there's some really 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 great people there but it just was not I don't know it was I definitely felt like square peg in the round hole would you kind of agree well you got pushed through it so you kind of rounded out a little bit so. right <laughs> so you kind of like morphed up a little bit but you know you still got some of the boxy form there you know? I was kind of like cheese gratered into the <sighs> hole and I was like ah, um 
one of the most difficult times of my life and some of the conversations we had like kept me sane and and i don't know i genuinely appreciate that stuff and i hope that you know it wasn't too uncomfortable when i handed you a list of things like hey like (laughs) well i guess the the biggest advice i I think i have for anybody in life because you've seen there's been a lot of challenges along there's some things i cut out to i didn't want to add to everything in the story but you know, if you go out in life and you think you're the biggest and you're the baddest, you're always going to be shown up. Kind of like the Hollywood story. You think that you're going to make it, but there's 10,000 people. You just have to be yourself. You have to roll with the punches right. and, you know, obviously fight back when you need to because being bullied, you know, you, there's a certain point when you need to fight back. But rolling with the punches and just taking it with stride and, you know, what can I learn from this and how can I grow from this is, is really the advice I would give to anybody because life is never going to be – uh, you know, I'm just going to take it from here, here, zero to hero. There's going to be a lots of uh, ups and downs along the way. You know, right. it's like hiking. You know, pointless ups and downs. But you're going to see a summit, then you're going to go down to the valley. You're going to go see the summit. Now you're down in the gap. So you know, it's it's all about taking an opportunity like you did and not necessarily getting pushed through with the cheese grater, but, you know, like, you know, just taking it with stride and you know, learning from it as you go along is really what. I think. I think I was. I think part of what let I think you're totally right. You know, I think I was very idealistic, and I was like, "This, this, this, dominoes, success, oh, done, yeah, easy." Millions of bucks. And, and I was trying to like force it, right? And, and you're totally right, though. It's like it, there's it's an ebb and flow, and you gotta like you gotta recognize the opportunity, capitalize on the opportunity, do everything you can to get luck on your side when the opportunity presents itself, and work your ass off. But at the end of the day, like don't force it like because you're not gonna win like entropy is gonna win every time and so you gotta ride the wave don't you're not gonna make the wave like i don't know ride it so so. the come up for noah i remember he gets his own place and he's like yes i got my own place now the lights (laughs) you gave me such a hard time about the fucking lights because you you are on craigslist and you had a craigslist story which that's true it's a pretty good have you already covered that i have not oh you need to tell i'm gonna tell my full story at some point it's coming up yeah it's coming up so noah tells me he's like yeah yeah um I am uh, got my own place, and I got some new sneakers, and I and I got some new LED lights. They changed color. I'm like, see, Noah, you're on the come up. Why are you sweating all this stuff? You got LED lights in your house. I don't even have LED lights in my house. There you go. And you did. You got new sneakers. You can buy LED lights for like 20 bucks on Amazon. Is there a link down below? There is. It's an affiliate link. Make sure you. <laughs> I love this. We're really making so much money off this. Exactly. No, but yeah, I I don't know. I just really appreciated your. Uh, I don't know, like your input and stuff, and it was really great. And um, the other, the other thing with the YouTube thing, I mean, I think that I think there is that natural inclination where it's like, you know, because everybody's got the number next to their name, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, this number is my number, and I built this number, and my number is great. And then when you see somebody else who has another number, it's natural for you to be like, is their number higher or lower than mine, or is it about the same? And like, some people want to show their number. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't understand those people. Yeah, it's weird. Why not? Well, but it's, you know, it's, yeah, I agree. But I think that what I realize is like, I hope you get to a million very, very quickly for a very selfish reason. The views or a million subs. I oh my like, god, it'd be great. We need right? to reach out to Mr. Beast. He, yeah, he does make that happen. For some I know. People. Yeah, I saw that video. Was Maybe cool, with it? you reaching out but not even that though i i don't think that we have to i don't one thing that i'm trying to do with this is like you don't have to reach 
like you don't have to reach out and and hope and pray right it's like no like if you just utilize your network right here and like you invest in the people around you Mm -hmm. then like my point is is like i want you to hit that because for a very selfish reason when you do hit that there's a much more higher chance that i will be successful right it's not a it's not a zero-sum game this is the first collab you've done you've been doing have you done collabs with other oh yeah i've done a bunch of collabs and stuff but this is my first really this is my first one well what go ahead be your first there. <laughs> I don't even want to. I, I'm trying to be PG here, but I, I guess I pop something. <laughs> Fantastic. But yeah, no. I mean, I just like, yeah. I think realizing that is is really important. This is not a zero sum game. If there's anything I can ever do to help you make anything in the future, let me know because like I want to see you blow up and explode. And um, yeah, and and that's that's why I handed you that list. It wasn't to be like, well. Mm. Here's, <laughs> here's the here's my. the right way to do it. It's like no, like I love what you're doing. I think that you know it's very valuable. You can connect with more people if you have a uh, if you look at the click through rates on your thumbnails and you analyze the ones that perform the best and then you double down and iterate on those ideas mm-hmm. and you feature a face prominently and then okay cool you also do the SEO uh, route you know and you say great okay great I see that gear reviews are some of my top mm-hmm. things cool how can I manufacture how can I make a bunch of gear review videos uh, for super cheap right I'm gonna go get all the cheapest shit that I can. Get at the mountain store. I'm gonna make a bunch of SEO videos about that. I don't know. Whatever. There's a million little things. I love those. I could talk about that for years. I can tell <laughs> the passion's coming through. Passion for the tube. Exactly. Passion for the tube. But I'm super glad that you're uh, you're seeing some success, and I'm glad that I had some small impact on that. Andy, I've got two questions for you that sure. I ask of everybody. Yep. Um, looking back at your life, um, what do you think are some of your strengths, your biggest strengths, and what do you think are some of your biggest weaknesses? Ooh. So, you know, I guess we start with the first. The strength comes from always being able to see past the immediate, right? Uh, nothing is always crappy for – I mean, I shouldn't say nothing is ever because some people do have crappy lives for <laughs> changes, and it's just really sad. And, but uh, getting focused on the moment is where a lot of people – it could be a weakness, but the strength has always been – being able to look past that, knowing that this is temporary and this too shall pass. You know, it's like basically like I'm striving for this goal. There might be this happening right now, but if I put my head down, I'll be always be able to reach that. So I always had a, a more half full approach to life. Uh, just knowing because I've rolled with the punches my entire life, you know, from not really having a lot of money to being bullied to having somewhat of a rough start to using some of those experiences to kind of push through and get to a greater goal. Obviously as a strength. <clears throat> weaknesses uh you know when it comes to people i do have some sort of a dependence on a network you know like i i do like to think i'm an independent but my weakness comes from i don't like to feel completely isolated either so uh strength comes in numbers uh to have a network to have a community i'd say some of my weaknesses comes from of, of uh you know if i'm too out there by myself sometimes i start questioning my my, my own decisions because i don't have that support if i'm so weakness is that I might be somewhat dependent on others for feedback. But I think that's natural for everybody. Yeah. Um, and then weakness is, is uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say that um, I'm, I'm thriving with weaknesses, but it's just like I would – that's, that's kind of a, just a weird – what, how, do, how do other people respond? No, I that? think you nailed that. Honestly, yeah. that's one of my favorite answers to that question because I 
resonate with that really hard. I think I could learn a lot from that strength because I I tend to always I tend to be reactionary, right? <laughs> Where oh man, I'm in a I had a bad day. Everything's the worst. Blah, it's right? It's never gonna get better. And, right. And then you wake up. And it's all, it's another day. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> like, oh, this is nearly as bad as I thought it was last night. Now I gotta fix that drywall. Should have punched it twice. <laughs> Maybe she just won it once. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then the weakness too. I think that I definitely resonate with that. You know, where you gotta, yeah, I rely on other people a lot for sometimes for like validation and stuff too. And that's that's a dangerous. Um, right. Are those your cowboy boots? There's cowboy boots in the studio that weren't there when that's we started. The really, Caesar? Are those your cowboy boots? Yes, they are. I was, Fantastic. I was wondering whose cowboy boots they were at first, but then I noticed the socks. And I was Hilarious. Like, I <laughs> It's hilarious. Little little segue at the end of this episode here. Um, cool. Last question. Um, if you could give a piece of advice to your younger self, or you know, to my audience who might be a little bit younger than you, what piece of advice would oh, that be? Oh, this is this is great. Yeah. Do not go into debt on student loans. Okay. That is the number one thing. At all. At Zero. All. Like, Zero as, dollars. As much as possible. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, if you do go into debt, have a plan. Uh, if anything, when you are starting out 18 to 22, right, those years of, of compiling debt will follow you for the rest of your life. So the, 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 what I wish I could have told myself back in the day was do not take out any money for school. Pay that as you go along because if you get out of school, especially when I graduated, was in a recession, mm-hmm. right, had to defer and all of that money, kind of the interest kind of just buried me for years. It will, it will bury you. It will, it will limit your ability for the future to be able to make branch decisions. out, be yeah. creative, do what you want to do because you're going to be forced into I got to have a job. I got to pay the bills. And, and you're, you're going to be so focused on that. You're not going to really have a good quality of life. So uh, advice to my, my younger self. Keep your eyes on the prize. Uh, get your education. Don't go into debt over it. And then once you uh, get out, uh, do not buy a fancy car. <laughs> do not do not buy the most expensive apartment. You know, save up as much money as you possibly can, ten thousand or more if possible. So then, when you are ready to make those life-changing decisions, it's not going to result in ultimate failure you back on the couch at your sister's house or whatever it might be you at least have some sort of a a, a baseline to pivot off of for the future it's always about look at who you're be respectful to the person who you're going to be in 10 years i guess that would be what i would say to a younger generation is consider your decisions today and be considerate of the person that you might be 10 years from now because you're going to change and you don't want to look back on your life saying man, I wish I would have done this differently because regret is the most expensive thing in life. It's, it's more expensive than anything because no matter what, you can't change the past. So just be considerate of who you're going to be in the future and don't bury yourself in debt. I love that. Very practical, very real, very helpful, fantastic. Um, one last thing I'm going to say. That's, I, I feel like that's partially, partially the reason why I wanted to start this show mm-hmm. is because I... I hated that feeling, and we talked about it. When you first make a YouTube video, you look back at it, and it's the most cringy, awful thing you've ever even conceived, right? And so the, part of the reason why I wanted to do this, I, I had this thought. It's like, okay, what is something that I could do that would be good for me mm-hmm. that 10 years from now I could be proud and not cringe mm-hmm. like when I see you it? You might cringe. I might cringe. I'm going to cringe. You know, I mean, it's conversations like, are why weird. why did I get that old man to come on my show? I could have been getting so many other people. No, no it's more cringy 
cringy when it's like, okay, he said that thing and I wasn't listening. And then I, you know, conversations are these weird, clunky, difficult things for me sometimes. But um, yeah, but that's, so I think that that's amazing advice and I appreciate that. And uh, I don't know. Thank you, Andy, for, for the, you know, all of the advice you've given me for years and thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Guys, thanks so much for watching. Um, if you would like to check out Andy's content, link is in the description. Um, and yeah, I don't know. What do you got coming up? YouTube.com slash Metro on the move. Instagram, hashtag Metro on the move. Love to hear your feedback. Love to hear any comments from all viewers. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Noah. I appreciate this opportunity. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. If you guys could go ahead and like this, post a comment with, I don't know, what your favorite bit of this. What do you think about Andy? I don't know. <laughs> that thing in Orange can I can't believe Noah doesn't, doesn't know what Orange, Orange County, County is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, or, yeah, I'm glad you spit on that kid. What a great story. Um, yeah, guys, post a comment. I want to hear your thoughts. If you could like this, that'd be fantastic. And if you're listening on a podcasting app, I'd love it if you could give us a five-star review. That really helps us out, get discovered uh, on Apple Podcasts. So, guys, thanks so much for watching. Have a great day. Andy, thank you for uh, hanging out. Appreciate it. All right, anytime. Cheers. Sweet. Peace. Boom. <laughs>